Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Politically Incorrect Podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host. The big story this week was the blockbuster sexual abuse trial of former USA Gymnastics team doctor Larry Nasser. Now, he was sentenced to 40 to 175 years for sexually abusing young athletes for over two decades. Five directors of the USAG board have already resigned amid that fallout. The president and AD at Michigan State University have also resigned, and all 18 members of the board of USA Gymnastics will tender their resignations sometime before Wednesday. But this is just the start of the story, okay? Certainly not the end. 156 brave young women testified at the Nasser trial. They all chronicled how he abused them, how no one in power stepped in to stop this horrific abuse of children. So now the investigation of the worst scandal in American sports history begins. Look for Congress to ramp up its investigation into USA Gymnastics, but they're not the only ones. They're likely to look into the USA Olympic Committee, the International Olympic Committee, Michigan State University, and they're all going to come under the microscope, as they should. Our guest again is Evan Weiner. Now, normally we talk politics here, but this is another case where the two, sports and politics, have become intertwined. So we're going to get to Evan in a minute. But first, talk a little bit about Dennis Miller. You know, our buddy Dennis Miller is one of the most well-known and well-respected political satirists of our time. You know, he started on Saturday Night Live, moved on to his own Emmy Award-winning show on HBO, did a nationally syndicated radio program. He's a best-selling author. But he reigns at his best every time you see a stand-up show. I mean, on political satire, Dennis Miller is still on point almost 40 years in the business. Now, those of you out in the Reno area, you're going to get a chance to see Dennis. He's going to be performing live at the Silver Legacy Resort and Casino Friday night, February 10th. Now, tickets begin at only $49.50 and can be purchased at silverlegacy.com. But we have a very special gift for you, okay? So get a pencil, all right, or type it into your computer. Here's what you need to do. You can get 20% off a hotel room on the night of the show when you purchase the show ticket and use this offer code TIX18. That's T-I-X-18, all right? And you'll get 20% off of a hotel room at the Silver Legacy Casino and still get to see Dennis Miller. That, my friends, is a deal. So check out all the information at silverlegacy.com. 
silverlegacy.com. That's silverlegacy.com. Remember to use the offer code TIX18. All right. Okay. My guest is Evan Weiner. And Evan, of course, is a expert in the business of sports. He's written six books. He uh, is a prolific um, public speaker. He talks on the subject all over the world. And um, full disclosure, both Evan and I um, have many friends in USOC. And um, we know many of the coaches, many of the people that are involved uh, in the uh, organization and have over the years. Um, so, Evan, uh, you know, this is this is really an amazing situation and it really is only the tip of the iceberg. We need to we need to get in here and we need to find out what happened, but to do it in a judicial manner. Well, well, it's going to be a number of people that we need to examine here. Uh, yeah, the United States Olympic Committee first. Uh, what did they know? What did they hear? And did they ignore it? Uh, then, of course, there's USA Gymnastics. Same mm -hmm. question. What did they know? When did they hear it? And Michigan State University, what did you know and when did you hear it? Yeah. And then ultimately, um, the International Olympic Committee and Thomas Bach, maybe not Bach personally, but somebody mm -hmm. at the International Olympic Committee, because uh, Dr. Nasser uh, was at four different Olympics, which means he was around the Olympic movement for 12 mm -hmm. years, uh, right. actually more than 12 years, because he was working probably with USA Gymnastics before he got to the Olympics. So at mm -hmm. least 12 years. Uh, and all of them have questions. All of them should be answering questions. And um, my suggestion, when the reporters get to South Korea and when mm -hmm. Thomas Bach gives his news conference, forget about the unification of the uh, North Korean teams and the South Korean teams. That's all politics. Mm -hmm. What do you know as, as the governing body overseeing everything in terms of Olympics? What did you know? Did you know anything? Did you hear the rumors? Because obviously there were rumors going around. And mm -hmm. why didn't you react to the rumors if you did hear those rumors? And I guess Congress, because it allows the United States Olympic Committee the freedom to operate through congressional laws and tax breaks and all that other stuff, needs to get involved. But um, Congress might be busy doing other things like chasing down secret societies. Maybe there was a secret society that uh, was in USA Gymnastics. You know, one of the things, um, and, and I think, let me just say this from the top, uh, both you and I uh, have very good friends with the USOC. Yeah. Um, and we have had workings with the USOC, as at least I have had workings with the USOC. And yeah, back in the day, um, as the uh, executive uh, producer of um, Big Ten Sports, I was heavily involved with Michigan State as a member, obviously, of the Big Ten. So um, there's a lot of people in this game that we know. And um, it does push the envelope as to something I wanted to get out there. And that is, although both you and I agree on this, they know uh, the way that the Olympics USOC sets up the different sports is they have their own governing bodies. And so they work literally um, as a separate organization 
reporting to the USOC. So, but that being said, getting rid of the entire, um, you know, U.S. gymnastics uh, hierarchy doesn't necessarily mean that's going to make it better. No, it's not. And uh, of course, there was that report that was sent to uh, Dr. Emmert, Mark Emmert, the NCAA president, that um, now, of course, we just know right now it was a report and Mm -hmm. we will leave it as a report. Mm -hmm. Um, But the question is, if there was a report and the NCAA heard about it, given the Sandusky case, does the NCAA have to really come down with the anvil on Michigan State's program, uh, mm-hmm. I do remember, and, and I don't want to equate this with Sandusky, uh, but I do remember when Dr. Emmert went to Penn State and uh, announced whatever agreements came up that uh, put Penn State on probation and it talked about how football should never overtake a university and shouldn't be the end all uh, for any university. But uh, as you know, um, money talks. And as Peter Uberoff, who is then the baseball commissioner, who, who by the way, was the USOC president. USOC president. I was going to get to that. In a oh, minute. sorry. Didn't mean to up Yeah, but, but yeah, but, you know, his job today. Anyway, um, so getting back to Uberoff. And it was April Fool's Day, 1987, a Major League Baseball. Um, sold its official camera status to to Fuji. And uh, I happened to be talking to Peter on the side. And Peter came up to me and he said, I do have a question for you. I said, go ahead, Peter. He said, what is the most important thing that any sports organization has and has to protect at all costs? And I said, you're the professor, not me. I'm just a lowly reporter. And he said, it's the logo. And you find time and time and time again, and I, again, this was April Fool's Day, 1987, so we're almost 31 years later, I found more and more and more over the years that sports organizations go to the extreme length to protect that logo, USOC logo. What's that worth? Uh, When you watch NBC programming right now, you see that the interlocking five rings. What is that worth? And so my question is, uh, do you ignore all these allegations over the years, whether it's Sandusky, whether it's a U.S. gymnastics team, and you ignore it because you're afraid that it's going to tarnish the logo and you're going to lose money? And that's a question that needs to be asked, whether it's on the Penn State issue with Dr. Emmert or mm-hmm. it's this issue. And of course, right now, it's way, way, way too early to put the horse before the cart. And other than asking some very basic questions, we got to find out what they knew, when they knew it, and then ask, why didn't you do anything about it? Right. And then we have the situation with, um, with the coaches. I mean, there's a number of coaches. Again, uh, people that we know, um, people Bob that Iver. we respect. And Tom well, Tom Izzo at, um, at yeah. Michigan State. We know Tom. Yeah. Tom, uh, um, I've known Tom since he was an assistant to Judd Heathcote out at Michigan and, State. And, and, and Tom was uh, Steve um, uh, Mariucci's. Uh, they went to high yeah. school together. So yeah, they went to high school. So 
Yeah, I, I, we both know Tom, and Tom is, again, coming under the gun, allegedly, mm-hmm. and who's the right. word allegedly at, at this point, and um, uh, that's the allegation. There's nothing been proven. Um, there needs to be an investigation, but yeah, names have been drawn into this thing. Right, and the um, I think the key thing here is with the Me Too movement, with the fact that 156 young women, and I applaud them all, were able to go out there and and um, testify against Larry Nasser. Uh, I I'm thinking that this is going to basically somebody's head's gonna have to be on the block for this, and well, there might be two or three heads. You know, well, the Michigan State president is gone yeah but that i mean it shows the athletic director but you know yeah. who cares you know that's yeah. i mean they care but um that's not going to be good enough uh, in my mind and the usoc master uh group you know getting rid of the um the the um the board of trustees uh you know i don't know i, I think i just think that there's going to have to be a total from top to bottom look of all the organizations under the umbrella of the USOC. Yeah, I, I think that um, we have to be careful. We can't jump the sure. gun and say, okay, this guy knew, this woman knew. Um, right. We've just got through the trial, and the trial right. was, was rather nasty and rather messy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and everything was laid out. But it was only laid out with uh, Dr. Nasser and and the gymnast. It was not laid out with um, the IOC or the USOC or US Gymnastics or the United States Olympic Committee, or if, and, and this is important too, did the networks know? Did the partners know? Did the marketing partners know? And if they knew, if, if Dick Ebersole over the years knew uh, about what was going on, or Mark Lazarus now, uh, if they knew, and they have to be brought in because they're partners. They're paying for this performance mm-hmm. that they show in the Olympics. And as you know, and as I know, the, the centerpiece of the Olympic coverage in the United States is gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the men's basketball program, uh, the men's mm-hmm. basketball team. It's not all the other sports. They basically build up storylines featuring American gymnasts. So right. did they- uh, as well, and 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 if they did know, were they worried about protecting again the five rings, protecting the peacock, and and protecting their investment in this? And, and that's an aspect that I think should also be looked at because NBC is the biggest benefactor; they pour the most money into the Olympics. So did they know? And I, I think that's that's kind of interesting if you go. To Ebersol, or you go to Mark Lazarus and say, or Brian Roberts at Comcast and say, mm-hmm. "Did you hear anything?" And if you did, why didn't you say anything? Right, and you know, I think at this point, because we are so early in what will now be a, the second phase of the investigation after Larry Nasser's deal, um, who can, who's going to conduct that? I mean, you're going to have to have a outside group because you can't. I don't think any internal uh, investigation from the USOC is necessarily going to cut it. 
Uh, the FBI? Perhaps. I don't know. I mean, may, per, it might be a governmental um, situation where the government puts an oversight committee in there. Yeah, I, they Congress almost has to do that because Congress created the United States Olympic Committee, and right. John McCain was a champion uh, for the United States Olympic uh, Committee. I, I, I don't mean champion in terms of getting a medal, but he, he mm -hmm. pushed uh, the legislation way back when. Um, I, I, it has to be Congress, you would think, and you know, we do know because it went to court, it was a criminal action. Mm -hmm. And so now it's the civil action, and um, we will see. Again, we, we can't get too far ahead of the curve here uh, mm -hmm. because we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. And right. uh, we don't know what evidence was collected in, in the deposition part of um, the Nasser trial that could be applied somewhere else. We don't even know what witnesses were part of the deposition, what witnesses weren't part of the deposition. Until mm -hmm. that comes out, we have to just sit back and wait for the facts to come out as we know them. Right. Um, again, uh, you don't know what you don't know. Uh, and I think John Madden told me that one day, you don't mm -hmm. know what you don't know. And, um, and, and I find that quite true. So I think that the investigation should be centered on the following people the International Olympic Committee, obviously, uh, mm -hmm. the United States Olympic Committee, USA Gymnastics, the NCAA, as well as... Uh, as Michigan well, State. State. Yeah, mm -hmm. Michigan State. And, and also the Big Ten. Um, and the Big Ten's a big business, as you know. They have their own TV network. Mm -hmm. um, when they get 100,000 people to see a football game, that's nothing to sneeze at. Um, you know, that is a business. And this is a Well, business. these are all billion-dollar businesses I mean, yes. we're talking about. Yes. The United States yes. Olympic Committee is a billion-dollar business. As you rightfully yes. said, the only two sports that matter when it comes to, you know, ratings, in the summer games, it's gymnastics. In the winter games, it's figure skating. Figure skating. Um, so the so these are the two. Ping pong. Yeah, exactly. The um, the key points here, okay, are um, as you laid out. You know, who did these people know? What what did they know? Did they know anything? And how did how was a cover up of this magnitude? Um, how was it crafted? I mean, that's that's it. You know, that's going to be what we're going to find out. The other thing we're going to find out. Is with 156 young ladies who were that testified against Larry Nasser. Again, to your point, you know, as as everything gets adjudicated here, is the possibility of a massive class action suit against um, both the USOC and potentially uh, against uh, USA Gymnastics. There's a lot of money on the table here. The other thing, and, and I don't know if this applies or not, but if if I was a reporter. Um, covering this and in approaching it, I'd be asking about did the AMA, the American Medical Association, did they know anything? Did other doctors hear anything? And um, because, as you know, uh, physicians don't exactly operate in a vacuum. They, you know, there are referrals and all that other stuff. Did other doctors know? 
And will that investigation, the next investigation, include associates of Dr. Nasser? And um, in the leaving no stone unturned department, I think that's something that also should be uh, approached. Uh, let's talk to his associates. Let's talk to his family. Did he talk to anybody in his family about it? Did he talk to his friends about it? Um, did other people know? Um, and were other people frightened to say anything? I think that's, that's another part, uh, at least in my mind, if I was covering the story, I would actually drive it also to that area. Mm-hmm. Well, Larry Nasser was the main doctor of yep. the uh, USA Gymnastics, but he wasn't the only doctor of USA Gymnastics. That's what I mean. And also, he didn't just treat uh, gy- gymnastics, right. uh, gymnasts rather. He treated others besides uh, besides um, gym- gymnasts. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the investigation, I- I'm not sure how far flung it was in terms of this trial, uh, if the scope was narrowed to just um, these accusations. But if you're doing a full-fledged investigation, I think you have to uh, talk to other people and uh, find out um, what did you know. And if you knew anything, why didn't you say anything? And um, so I, I think this is going to be or could be a very, very expansive uh, investigation. And uh, we'll see what Congress does. Usually Congress does call these people in. And and as you know, with the steroid show back in 2005, mm-hmm. they, it was a big show. And this could be a big show as well. But I think that uh, Congress, maybe the FBI, uh, maybe the drug enforcement uh, people, although it doesn't seem drugs were involved in this thing. Um, I, I think there's a whole bunch of whole bunch of options out there that um, should be researched. Let's put it that way. Let's step aside for a second. You know, our buddy Dennis Miller is one of the most well-known and well-respected political satirists of our time. You know, he started on Saturday Night Live, moved on to his own Emmy Award-winning show on HBO, did a nationally syndicated radio program. He's a best-selling author. But he reigns at his best every time you see a stand-up show. I mean, on political satire, Dennis Miller is still on point almost 40 years in the business. Now, those of you out in the Reno area, you're going to get a chance to see Dennis. He's going to be performing live at the Silver Legacy Resort and Casino Friday night, February 10th. Now, tickets begin at only $49.50 and can be purchased at silverlegacy.com. But we have a very special gift for you, okay? So get a pencil, all right, or type it into your computer. Here's what you need to do. You can get 20% off a hotel room on the night of the show when you purchase the show ticket and use this offer code TIX18, that's T-I-X-18, all right? And you'll get 20% off of a hotel room at the Silver Legacy Casino and still get to see Dennis Miller. That, my friends, is a deal. So check out all the information at silverlegacy.com. That's silverlegacy.com. Remember to use the offer code TIX18, all right? I think that you're right in that um, there's a lot of moving parts in here, and there's a lot of information that needs to be, you know, qualified and quantified. And uh, I think... Everybody wants to get to an end here, um, but this is a, unfortunately, uh, 
this is just the first step and there's a long way to go. And, you know, the other part of the coin is we may find that there was other, uh, other things that ended up into this mix. So this may not be the first person to go to jail. There might be more involved, but it's certainly in my mind, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. It has the potential of being likely the biggest scandal in um, United States sports history. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking, um, you know, we're not talking about just NBC here because the Olympics mm -hmm. are every four years. There are other networks right. that cover gymnastics, and um, there may be producers called down. There may be announcers come down. There may be mm -hmm. analysts called down. And just, you know, just knocking at the door, just saying, hey, listen, we need help here. Did you hear anything over the years? And it wouldn't surprise mm -hmm. me that uh, you'd have TV producers because, as you know, because you were one, TV producers mm -hmm. and directors, but mostly producers, have that face time before events, um, along with the announcers, to talk about the telecast and what should we know about the telecast. So there, there may be some, some announcers pulled in here as well. You're right. This has the potential to be a big scandal. Uh, but then again... So should have Jerry Sandusky, and um, mm -hmm. that thing seemed to meander and linger. And Penn State did get hit with this big penalty that they negotiated, but uh, eventually that penalty kind of went away as well. Um, as you know, um, they, right. the sanctions are off of them. Right. Um, but I think that in this case, I think that the with with the Me Too movement, with the hypersensitive nature of what's going on with what happened with uh, the trial with Larry Nassar, I don't see how the uh, NCAA doesn't really look at this in, 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 as it works its way through with the policy of saying, whatever penalty we gave to Penn State, if, if, and there's a big if here, if Michigan State's violations was worse, we must do worse. That's true, except uh, right now the NCAA is working its stuff through an FBI investigation with payoffs mm -hmm. in the college basketball industry. Right. Um, I don't know if Michigan State's part of that investigation, um, but as of this point, the NCAA has done nothing, and we've had 10 people arrested with the basketball uh, inquiry by the FBI. And so I think that it's it's probably going to be a long while before we know anything. Again, we don't know anything. We know what we know, right. which isn't much. And um, I think the NCAA, you know, I, I think the best they could do right now is just say, you know, we're we're proceeding with an investigation. Uh, more to come, uh, and let the investigators do the investigation. I think that. Uh, There'll be all kind of, of allegations thrown out there. There'll be all kind of people with megaphones saying, oh, we knew this, and the NCAA should do this, this, and this. I think that we have to, again, take a step back and, and let the people who are professional investigators do the professional investigation. I will say this. This is one thing I do know, and I can say with absolute certainty. The billable hours are going to make the lawyers rich. There's no question about that. Um, I, think, I think that's the only thing that I could safely say about this whole affair is that 
the lawyers will become richer. But then again, that happens in all these cases. And the billable hours, what, $800 an hour uh, for some of them, uh, it, it, they are going to, to make out. And they're the, they're the first ones who you could safely say anything about because they're going to be tons and tons of lawsuits. Well, we're less than uh, two weeks away from the uh, Winter Games in South Korea, and uh, it's quite possible this story will permeate uh, into what goes on in uh, in those games as well. Oh, it should. I mean, we're um, 13 days away as of this taping. Um, we're Saturday, and uh, but as you know, uh, people get to the Olympic venue days before the start of the Olympics. So right. This is a story. They're that, already there. Yeah. yeah, internationally, it's going to be a big story, internationally. In the United States, it'll be a big story, but we have the Super Bowl that is going to uh, tarp it down somewhat. Uh, but once uh, February 5th and February 6th rolls along, and after the uh, whoever gets the MVP in the Super Bowl, and uh, and it's uh, regardless of what the final score is and who wins, the Patriots win or lose will be the major story on the next day and then um, off to the Olympics on uh, February the 6th. And I think I think you'll start seeing a lot on February 6th. I mean, you may see some stuff next week, obviously, but um, I think the uh, Super Bowl is going to suck all the oxygen out of the room, uh, and rightfully so, because it is the biggest event in the United States sports-wise, and it does impact every community because of Super Bowl parties and all that other stuff. I think um, once the Super Bowl's out of the way, then this thing explodes with, with the Olympics. Well, I think that the other part of this is that um, we've got, you know, you spoke about John McCain. Yeah. And, you know, whether we agree with his politics at times, that's up for, for debate. But what I've never um, doubted is the sincerity of, of Senator McCain, who is a genuinely nice man. Um, he has been joined, or should be joined, I'm sorry, by probably somebody you know well, Christian Gillibrand, uh, who's a senator from New York. Yeah, from New I, I York. think I think um, we're going to see McCain, Gillibrand, and a few other um, strong senators who have um, been involved in um, – the Me Too movement and and that whole situation of cleaning up the mess that is uh, sexual harassment and I think that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if um, if uh, Senator Gilderbrand is the person who takes up the gauntlet and, and runs with it. Well, you know, obviously she might. Um, Congress has to get involved because it was them that that created the USOC and. Uh, uh, I think that the USOC, I think from people like Peter Ubaroth and, and everybody on down to even the partners, um, Mark Lazarus, Lazarus uh, has to, they have to get out and they have to talk and they, they have to be honest. And I know that lawyers are not going to let some of these people talk uh, because they don't want entrapment by accident. Um, or got you by accident. Um, but I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And, um, you know, the House committee, 
remember Tom Davis called the House Committee for steroids. Mm -hmm. right. um, I covered the hearings. Yeah, and and I think uh, Waxman Henry Waxman was part of that committee yeah, as well. He was with uh, that committee too. rather. Um, so obviously the Oversight Committee, the House Oversight Committee, and the Senate Oversight Committee can look mm -hmm. into whatever they want. And I think that the first sign that we're going to see in congressional action is the oversight committees because that's that's where it all starts and right. uh, i think that uh, for those who actually know how congress works or for those who have been quoted in the congressional journal like me uh in 2004 um i think that um, knowing how how things work the first people who get a hold of this will be the oversight committee and right. they're the first ones who should be holding the hearings and then um, and then we'll see uh, after that uh, but uh, my feeling is that you may see next week sometime next week the oversight committee uh, start making some noise about yes we should schedule hearings and we don't care that uh, everybody's in south korea besides mm -hmm. the, the gymnasts aren't in south korea um, we could get the U.S. gymnastics team in Washington immediately, uh, the team mm -hmm. being the people on top. We could get the Michigan State people in Washington. Uh, you go from Lansing to either Chicago and Detroit, and you're there in two and a half hours by plane, mm -hmm. um, or you take a private plane uh, from Lansing. And I think that's where it all starts. And um, I, I think that uh, I will hold off any judgment until I see – those people start talking and talking about real life things. I mean, you got Ellie Raceman who's out there, and, and Nancy Hogshead uh, Maker is out there, and that's all fun and, and good. And I'm sure that uh, Ellie is going to be uh, testifying in front of some committee at some point. She seems to be the one who, more so than the political people, who's ready to carry the ball in, in this case and mm -hmm. and take wherever. Um, it needs to be taken to and um she looks like she's going to be one of the leaders on this i give her great credit because that took guts and she uh, she stepped up uh without question yeah you're, you're bucking the system and you're bucking the system that made you mm -hmm. yeah in, in her case i mean because she went through and had to go through all of that and you know people off the street don't go to the olympics in the united states they have to go mm -hmm. through the process um and uh, and you have to go through the USOC if you want to get to the Olympics you just can't do it any other way um and and I experienced that uh, many years ago on Wall Street when uh the USOC explained how they go about selecting people and I said to I forgot who was there we're on Wall Street so I said if you're going to the lower east side uh we're uh, um, um, Jason Williams grew up on Allen Street. Mm -hmm. and say Jason Williams didn't go through USO, the United States Olympic Committee. Could he have played on the Olympics? And they said, no, everybody has to go through us. So um, they have a lot of explaining to do. Well, and the other part of it and, um, is that there is pressure. If, um, if you are a doctor, okay, and you're an athlete and you need to see the doctor, and you decide, you know, I'm not so sure I want to because, uh, you know, I'm not crazy about what he's doing. Um, and the next day you come out and you don't 
um, you know, you've practiced and you come out and you don't meet the expectations, then you're sent right back to the doctor and yep. you're penalized for not being with him. So in many ways, um, you know, this thing fed right into Nasser because, and, and even if I were to say, I don't want to be around the, the gymnast, I don't want to be around this doctor anymore. The coaches and the doctor hold so much of your future in their hands. They, you have no choice. You either are on the team and do what they tell you, or you're off the team. And that brings us to another point. And, and this is not off subject, but it is off subject to this. Where were the parents? I, I, that's the easiest question. And I totally understand. I don't, it, it amazes me in this day and time that Larry, um, uh, that Nasser was able to hold these one-on-one -on -one sessions with young women and there was literally nobody else there. There was no, you know, no nurse there, no, no one else. I mean, that to me is amazing. The thing that, um, yeah, I, I coached hockey when my son was young. And the thing that uh, I always never understood is just how the parents, and, and this is a whole separate issue for a whole other show, but how the parents push the kids and the kids, some of them are thoroughly miserable being pushed. Mm -hmm. And yet the parents see at the end of the day, a college scholarship mm -hmm. or at the end of the day. And, and I was in the hockey part of it. Mm -hmm. And I once told a parent, and I've told you the story off the air mm -hmm. about we were in Yonkers one day and we have eight, nine-year-old kids, and the rink in Yonkers is on a hill adjacent to the New York State Thruway and has no enclosure on the side, and mm -hmm. it faces northwest, and the, in the winter, the northwest wind just comes right in, straight out of Canada, mm -hmm. and uh, it was about two degrees, and this parent brought his son in, and he had 102 fever, and, he's, and I said, why is he here? He said, well, he's got to play. I said, he's not making it to the NHL. Nobody from Westchester County is in the NHL right now. And why are you exposing him to other kids and getting all the other 16 kids that are here sick? Why would you want to do that? Uh, and and he reported me to the, the guys who ran the rink. And I had a talk with the guys who ran the rink. And they said, well, he paid his money so they could do whatever they want. And, yeah, but sure, the coach, you don't have to put him in. No, I had him sit in the penalty box away from everybody uh, so he wouldn't get sick. But, right. um, you know, the parents are crazy. Um, you know about the hockey dad in Massachusetts that killed another one mm -hmm. years ago uh, in a fight over right. a, a hockey game. I can tell you stories in the very rich Fairfield County, Connecticut, where Greenwich and New Canaan and Darien are. And there were instances where New Canaan would play Darien and there would be the local cops from Stanford coming in to break up the fight, not on ice, but in the stands between the Darien and, and the New Canaan parents uh, because they, they took it so seriously. And, and But that, again, is another story. Right, it, but story. If they, you know, to, to put a bow on this particular situation, yeah. the, the deal you know, on the parent side specifically with the you know, United States gymnastics, is that 
you know, dealing with athletes at this point at the highest possible level of their sport. They have gone through all of the, you know, from, from age five all the way up, you know, they've had nothing but the best coaching, nothing but the best uh, training. And now they're, they're elite athletes, but yet they are, um, you know, that's where the coaching and the, and the parents and everything becomes uh, so amplified. They're all teenagers too. Right. Because the average, the average gymnast is over the hill at what, about 19? Mm-hmm. Sometimes so, they can push it to 20, 21. Yeah, but not very often. But mm-hmm. um, you got your one shot as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's the thing that, that I fail to understand. And, and I've failed to understand that I'm going to be 62 years old. I've been involved with, um, with youth hockey um, for 30 years. And even before that, um, mm-hmm. I, was, I was on the periphery in, in the 1980s over at Dorothy Hamill rink up in Greenwich, mm-hmm. Connecticut. So, you know, I did see, because I played there, and I did see the parents, how they behaved. And mm-hmm. uh, it's like an aphrodisiac that, that you can get to a certain point with your kid and you could live your life through your kid. And I just don't understand that mentality when the kid is 11 years old and the kid would rather be outside running down mm-hmm. up and down the street than, than you know, basically being a professional athlete at 11. Right. Uh, whether whether it's in hockey, whether it's in gymnastics, whether it's traveling baseball now, whether it's traveling basketball, these kids are all identified, particularly basketball. They're identified mm-hmm. by seventh grade by sneaker companies, which is why there is an investigation of the college basketball industry. They know by seventh grade, this guy is going to be this, this guy is going to be that, this girl is going to be this, this girl is going to be that. And they're put mm-hmm. on the fast track. Uh, with the sneaker companies. And I assume it's the same thing in, in gymnastics. In fact, it's probably even a faster track because you want them at their best by 15, 16, and 17. Right. The The, the window is much shorter in, in women's gymnastics. Um, yeah. And, and, there's no uh, question. Yeah. I'm, I'm just looking up here, Mary Lou Retton. Uh, Mary Lou Retton, when I knew her, was 16 years old. Right. Uh, in 1984, that's uh, she was 16, and um, and that that's the prime age. Um, well, well, Nadia Comaneci and uh, some of the Eastern European gymnasts during you know these the old Eastern Bloc countries, you know, they were 12, 13 years old. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So and, you know, it's uh, it's a very and they were at the highest possible level of gymnastics. Uh, well, Evan, yeah. I'll tell you what, I appreciate uh, the conversation and uh, where can people catch you on Twitter and follow uh, uh, on social media? Wiener, uh, at Evan J. Wiener, E-V-A-N-J-W-E-I-N-E-R at uh, Twitter and Facebook um, and LinkedIn, Evan Wiener. And, um, and of course, Sports Talk Florida, um, mm-hmm. where actually I do ask these questions on the Sunday commentary. Step aside for a second. You know, our buddy Dennis Miller is on the road, and um, I'll tell you what: if you haven't had a chance to see him, he's one of the most prolific political satirists of our time. Long before John Stewart or John Oliver or 
or Trevor Noah, or even for that matter, Bill Maher. There was Dennis Miller. He had his own show on HBO. He had a nationally syndicated television show, a nationally syndicated radio show. He's been the bestseller of four books and, of course, started his career at Saturday Night Live. So if you haven't seen Dennis Miller, you definitely, definitely um, should go out and take an opportunity to check him out. Now, coming Friday, February 10th, Dennis will be live. That's right. He's going to be live, and he's going to be in Reno, Nevada. Now, he'll be in Reno, Nevada at the Silver Legacy Casino. That's Silver Legacy Casino in Reno, Nevada. Tickets begin at only $49.50. Now, here's something we can do for you. We can take a little bit off of your hotel room that night. So if you buy a ticket and you book a hotel room for that evening, you're going to get 20% off that hotel room. All you have to do is use the code TIX18. That's right, TIX18, and you can absolutely get 20% off the room and see Dennis Miller, okay? That's a deal, my friends. That is absolutely a deal. All you have to do is go to silverlegacy.com. That's silverlegacy.com. Purchase the tickets, which begin at a very reasonable $49.50. Then... Book a room at the Silver Legacy Casino that night. You get 20% off. Just use the ticket code 618. That's 618, okay? So check out our buddy Dennis Miller. You're going to love him. Those of you out in the Reno, Nevada area, do it and do it now, okay? Well, that brings to a close yet another edition of the Politically Incorrect Podcast. Now, if you haven't yet subscribed, uh, first of all, shame on you. And second of all, it's easy to do beginning with the fact that it is free. Okay. Now we have five places you can find us. One is of course, iTunes. We are part of the Apple podcast family. Then of course, there's Google play. We're on blog talk radio. Also part of the Stitcher app. All you have to do type in politically incorrect podcast into the Stitcher app, hit favorite, and you're good to go. Same is the case with TuneIn. If you're one of the 127 million people, myself included, who've downloaded the TuneIn app on your phone and or your tablet, again, type in Politically Incorrect Podcast, hit favorite, and each week you will get a new edition of the podcast sent right to your phone or your tablet, okay? So please do us a favor, go out and subscribe to the Politically Incorrect Podcast today. We really would appreciate it. Special thanks to our guest, Evan Wiener, Business of Sports, and uh, there's going to be a great deal more about this story, as there should be. And uh, we will follow the investigations as we, no doubt, will see Congress get involved and uh, hopefully begin to find out what happened and make sure that it never happens again. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of the Politically Incorrect Podcast. I'm Jim Williams saying have a good weekend. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.